Thanks for jumping on. I have with us my friend, dude I grew up with from, from years back. Tell them who you are. Give them a brief introduction of who you are. Comedian Danny Live, uh, BET, HBO, Showtime at the Apollo, um, National Tours, you name it. And we've been knowing each other since what? You, uh, 1983. 1983. That's a long time, man. That's a long time. So <laughs> I gotta, I gotta give you a warning. We gonna keep this PG. This interview is PG. It's a family show. You know how that goes, Dennis. PG. PG. All right. Family show. Lock it down. Right. I know how it goes. All right, man. So you've been a comedian since 1999. Right. Is that what you always wanted to do? 1999. Yes. Is that what you was that what you always wanted to do? Be a comedian? No, no, I, I wasn't even thinking about it. So how did I it just come fell about? Into it. Okay, you felt. Give us the backstory on that. I was doing, I was doing comedic acting. Um, I was acting. I got an opportunity to do a movie uh, called Creeping, written by Tim Green, who actually lived across the street from Simon's Playground, and he wrote the movie. And I was in the movie. And at that particular time, I was using, I changed my rap name. I used to rap from Dizzy D to Denny Live. And that's the name we used in the film for the credits. And I worked with some other comedians from Philadelphia. And I realized that they were making money doing stand-up. And I started from there because I didn't I didn't know anything about it. Just, you know, watching it. I learned the business. And I got on stage and, and started trying it. Okay. And then uh, from there... I met a lady by the name of T. Faye Griffith. She, um, she's from Philly, but she worked uh, in LA at BET. Uh, she was a protege of, of Russell Simmons. He was doing Def Comedy Jam. And I met uh, Tina Graham, who's also a partner with uh, Bob Sumner and Russell Simmons. And they put me on TV. Oh man, that's crazy. All right, so tell mm -hmm. me what, did you, what, what was your first foray into the entertainment world? Say again? What was your first entrance into the entertainment world? What was your first aspiration? To be a rapper. That's my first one. That's my first one. Okay. Yeah. What was your rapper name? What was your rapper name? My rap name, my rap name was Dizzy D. Um, I made a record that uh when I was younger, you you know, you you certain was, was around when I did that. Um that part of the business was difficult because there was no creative control. Okay. It was like, you know, you signed to a record company, independent record company. It was distributed by Philadelphia International at the time, which is kind of kind of big. They didn't give us, they gave us a little bit of money. I think I bought a couple outfits and sneakers. And they end up losing their distribution deal. Okay. So we didn't have Philadelphia International Records behind us anymore. And they I wanted to go in another direction. They said, no, stay with the group. You signed to be with the group. And I was like, oh God, this is crazy. They put the record out. The record only sold overseas. Okay. But the guy that produced the record kept all the money. Mm. And we weren't really popping in the in the in the States like that. Okay. And so what they did was they shelved us on the album deal. Okay. They recorded the album, never put the album out. Then they, um, and two years later, this is 84, two years later, 
They hit me up again and say, yo, it's time to make another record. Because of the uh, horrible nature of the first record. Okay. <laughs> things that happened in Philly at that time was like, yo, this guy is trash. He can't really rap, blah, 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 all this other stuff. And I had to battle people. Right. Like, up our way, up down 69th and old guy. Then it, then it got so crazy. It was guys from North Philly, South Philly, West Philly. Had to battle all these guys. And then um, I had to battle with Steady B on South Street. And that's that's what turned them turned the record company into wanting to do another record with because they okay. were they were they were they were gonna try to wait it out and then drop us. Okay. But because I had kind of created my buzz on the street, they wanted to work with me again. And then after we recorded the record, me and Rob were Rob were artists. Um, we we did the record, and they they didn't they still wouldn't push it. They still wouldn't push it because they were interested in some other artists. Some R&B artists, and matter of fact, uh, I was label mates with Chill Factor, the R&B group, and what they did was they did um, a remake of "It's Been Such a Long Time." So the record company got behind that and didn't really push the record like that. Okay. And I was trying to make some money, so I started booking live performances myself. The record company comes in and says, "Yeah, you're not supposed to book live performances." I'm like, "Well, you're not booking them." Right. So, because of the contract, all the shows that I did, they got a hand with the money. Right. Because they already had a contract saying any live performances that were payable, they would get sixty uh, percent of whatever the money was. Wow. So even though I was booking the shows myself. And not really knowing the business like that, I um, I already had signed some of the rights away. Okay. So it was like it, it was it was crazy. Wow! Wow! Okay. Talk to me about the comedian business. You did BET Comic View. Um, What's the biggest thing you so done? So when I, so I I did I did uh I, I started out I did Showtime at the Apollo, and then after I did Showtime at the Apollo, I got a chance to do. I auditioned for Comic View. I did Comic View um, because I wasn't as popular at the time. They really got behind Kevin Hart. Okay. So they, they they pushed Kevin Hart and then I went back to do Comic View again and they were like, look, we got another show that we're doing called Coming to the Stage. Okay. And I was like, I don't want to be on Coming to the Stage. It was a, it was a, it was a show that was new in development and they had um, they didn't have a track record for coming to the stage, just starting. And I didn't want to be a part of it because I was like, I'm already kind of established. I don't want to be on coming to the stage. So the people at BET manipulated the situation. Okay. They were like, we're not putting him on Comic View. We're going to put him on coming to the stage. Right. So I go out LA to think, think I'm doing Comic View, but the whole set says coming to the stage. Right. I'm like, well, why am I doing this? I'm going back to Philly. I'm not, I don't want you to please do it, blah, blah, blah. So I stayed and I did it. Um, the only reason I stayed and did it is because of the money. Because everybody else on coming to the stage, it was like set up like a contest. Okay. But because I was already in the union, they had to pay me. Okay. Like it was a regular, um, like a regular TV series. Okay. So I did it and it was set up for... I thought I was gonna win the contest, 
But what they did was they put a little kid in the mix. Okay. And he um was the was the winner. It was all scripted for him to be the winner. Okay. What happened with that after he won, we went on a national tour. The issue with that because he was underage. So venues that served alcohol would not take the tour. Because okay. in certain states it's just the law. Right. And I wanted to leave the tour because the money was in the venues that served alcohol. Right. So you got these comedy clubs where you got kids in the comedy club. They're not allowed to serve liquor. And it was just, it was, um, it was good financially, but it wasn't good for the integrity of stand-up comedy. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. the word on the street was, y'all, you got this kid, he carrying y'all. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. And I would double book. I would do the tour with them. Then I would do the tour with Bad Boys of Comedy and P. Diddy and them. And they would be like, why are you doing both at the same time? I said, because, you know, I'm a grown man. I want to perform with the adults, too. I'll, I'll rock out with y'all for the money. Right. But it was, you know, the business of entertainment is a mess. Okay. And, um, you know, luckily I had, I had something to fall back on. Because when you go out to LA, uh, you see a lot of your favorite stars, people that you think would be rich, living in a car, mm. roommate in a house with fifteen other people. Okay. And it, and you get out there and you you see what you see on TV, then when you see what it is in person, you're like, wow, this is crazy. Some famous people were like, yo, you know, um, hey, where you where you going to uh, to lunch? I'm going down so and so. Hey, can I come with you? They come with me, and you end up having to pay for them. And you're like, well, where, where's the money? Right. You don't. You you can't afford a cheeseburger. What's going on? Wow. Wow. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's pretty rough, man. It's pretty okay. rough. But let's ask. Let me ask you this. Talking, you, you saw this stuff with Chris Rock, Will Smith. You performing? Have you ever had somebody approach the stage like want to harm you? Yes. Yes, wow. I did. Okay. Twice. Twice. I was I was performing at Cheney University with um AJ Johnson, God rest his soul, AJ Johnson, who played um he played Friday. Oh my neck and my back. Him, we performed together at Cheney University. And he he was the kind of comedian that would talk about the crowd really bad. Okay. And at Cheney, Cheney has some nice auditoriums, but they got a little ghetto auditorium that I don't think nobody should be performing at. Okay. So it was kind of falling apart, and I was talking about the venue, talking about how, how messy it was. Right. And then another time, I was performing with Kevin Hart, and it happened to both of us. Wow. They okay. they didn't they didn't come on stage, but they came backstage, and I was like, you know, there's no security or nothing. And I'm like, oh my god, this is outrageous. Wow. So you wow. know, yeah, it's been it's been a little different. So what's At your time. take? What, what without getting too political and all that? What's your take on what happened on with Chris Rock and Wilson? Listen, Chris is a great guy. I know his brothers. I've talked with him a few times. He's a nice guy. I know Tony Rock more than I know Chris Rock, but uh, Chris should have made an example out of out of Will. And people, people don't. People from Philly don't want to say that because of the the slight Philly New York rivalry that we've always had. Right. But 
Will is worth $400 million. Chris is worth a little more now, but at the time, Chris was worth about between 40 and 60 million. You got $400 million. You shouldn't slap anybody. I would have sued Will. I'd have been like, listen, you got you worth 400 million. I need 350. <laughs> so, like, you know, I don't, you know, I got it's, it's a can't lose situation because I got 43 million witnesses. Right, right. You can't, you can't say it, you can't dispute it. You did it. And you know, I think it was a bad judgment on, on, on his part okay. because he turned the Oscars into a fiasco. Right. It's like you already win an Oscar. What 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 do you get for smacking Chris? Right. Because you certainly wouldn't you certainly you certainly wouldn't would, would, would smack Corey Holcomb, you wouldn't smack Dave, you wouldn't smack Earthquake. Right. You know, it's certain people that you can smack in this business, but you wouldn't smack none of the comedians from Chicago because right. all of them are gang affiliated. You know, it's I just I just thought it was um kind of like him making Chris a target for his frustration. Mm, okay. You know. Right. Well, um, I'm glad to hear you say I love Will Philly, but... the Philly rivalry, you know, just that, you know, I I've, I've talked to a few people from Philly and they've kind of want didn't want to speak on it. Because, like you say, that Philly New York rivalry and all that other stuff, and Phil, and Will being from Philly, they don't want to step out against you know a home a hometown guy, you know a homeboy like Will. Right. Smith. But it is what it is. When's your next performance? I got and are you I got coming a to the DMV anytime soon? Okay, here's the here's the thing. I want to come to the DMV. Me and the DMV have financial issues. <laughs> the money that they want to offer is not enough. <laughs> and I'm like, well, do you get it up? I won't be. They're not that I'm charging them a lot. It's just, you know, they will they will nickel and dime you to death. Okay. Like they will like really. So I'm like, I won't be there any I think I think I'm gonna be there in June, maybe. There's a guy that got a couple dollars who wanna do put them together. And if he get it worked out, I'll be there. Okay. Um I'll be in New York. Uh, I'll be in. I'll be in Philly. April six. I got. I got a show in Philly. April six. My man do the boss. I'll be. I'll be doing that. that's. I think it's a Thursday night. I'll be there. Me, him, and Malcolm Hill. And then um, the day after my birthday, my tour starts off in New York City at Comedy in Harlem in New York City. Me, Marlon Randolph, and uh, Talent, and. Um, who else? I think Ayana Duke is going to be on there with me. Okay. But yeah, me, Mar me, uh, Marlon Randolph, and Talent will be at Comedy in Harlem to kick off uh, my summer tour, okay. and uh, it's going to be it's going to be nice. All right. So, if somebody wants to follow you right now, social media, how do they get you? Follow me at Denny Live TV on Instagram, uh, the Denny Live Hater Show on uh, YouTube, and um, you know. Catch some funny stuff. I do a lot of uh, updates where I pick on reality TV stars and all the madness they do. It's a spinoff of everything you see on TMZ, but as a com comedic spin on it with okay. all the celebrities that get in trouble, stuff like that. And if you had to characterize your comedy, how would you do it? What would you say about it? Um, let me see. Urban style ratchetness. Urban style ratchetness. Okay. <laughs> Very urban, um, and uh, I talk about relationships, 
Yes, your favorite celebrities, your favorite reality stars, um, current events, uh, President Joe Biden, Donald Trump, um, whatever's going on in the news, we're going to talk about. Okay. All right. Cool. Yes. All right, man. So coming out of Summers Road, I'm glad to see you pursue your dream. I mean, like you said, it wasn't quite your dream. I remember... You know, you was going to be Denny Live. You was going to be rapping. You know, me, Sherman. Yes. Uh, it was going to be your backup dancers. <laughs> and that didn't come pan out. <laughs> the fantastic rockers. <laughs> that didn't pan out for us. But you, you mm-hmm. still turned it into gold, man. So I'm happy to see he Denny Live. Like <laughs> I remember that. Yo, you guys got it good, too. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it kept us out of trouble. It was fun. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to see you representing. It, it, I know it was. I'm glad to see you representing Summer's Road to the fullest. And this is something I'm trying to do, man. Oh, yeah, I'm trying definitely. to give back to every city I've lived in to promote the people that help me. And if you got a small business or you doing something creative like yourself, I want to try and put you out there, man, to help you grow your thing. So Philly. Chicago, of course, the DMV where I'm living now, Houston and Las Vegas. I've been in all those places. So I got a lot of people to reach out to and help out. So if you're a small business entrepreneur, reach out to me. We can do an interview. Not to say I'm ABC or something, but you never know what can come of it. So, yo, Dan, glad you jumped on with me, bro. Exactly. To all the folks from Summers Road, I said what's up. And your mom, tell her I miss her dearly. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, man. I will. All right, then. All right, man. Thank you. Peace.